So Monday, the football team had an off day. They're going to resume fall practice uh, Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. However, by the time practice is over, uh, Lincoln Riley's 2023 recruiting class could have added another addition. Plus, it's never too soon to take a look at the USC men's hoop basketball team. That's what's coming up next on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thanks for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are free. And we appreciate you coming along for the ride and helping the show grow. If you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It means a lot more than you know. And uh, go ahead and throw your feedback up there also. Let me know what you like, what you don't. If you've got any questions, that's the place to, to throw them. All right. So, as I mentioned, the team had Monday off from fall camp. You know, all the rigors of getting hit and hitting. Um, they had a team scrimmage on Sunday. So, having that day off on Monday probably felt really good. Um, so, again, instead of hitting each other, um, they had a different type of game day. Uh, with the team building and, you know, camaraderie that goes along with it. Uh, the whole team went over to Dave and Buster's and um, spent some time playing some video games and eating and just hanging out together, having a good time. And this is probably the perfect time for that type of uh, bonding, I guess. Um, you know, right after the scrimmage, give the team a day off. And it also kind of comes on the heels of the way uh, you might remember on the last episode, I talked about how Lincoln Riley likes to challenge his guys at the end of practice. So this comes right on the, the heels of that feel-good story of, you know, Tuli, Tui Pelotu being a, becoming a punt returner. Uh, these types of little steps, uh, working together, uh, is really a part of the growth process for this team. So, you know, when you hear about, you know, the athletes and how they talk about the brotherhood, um, this is what they're referencing. It's not just about the, the blood and the sweat that they leave on the field. Um, you know, it, it's these types of things that happen behind the scenes, away from the fans, away from the media. You know, obviously the, the players love to use social media and show everybody what they're doing. But uh, these types of, uh, again, brotherhood bonding type of scenarios uh, they are just as important to uh, chemistry and team building uh, than what goes on on the practice field, especially uh, when you consider, you know, how new this team is to each other. Um, you know, it's been mentioned multiple times. It's the most unique roster college football has ever seen with, what was it, 36 tra uh, transfers? Um, plus you got the, you know, the recruiting class that came in, the new coaching staff. This is how you get to find out who you really are um, when the pads come off. You know, obviously there's 
there's not a lot to to report back on from the scrimmage. Everyone right now is being really tight lipped. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of our sources, a lot of my sources, uh, they're they're usually willing to to give up information. Um, but you know, Lincoln Riley is the new sheriff in town, and uh, he wants to keep everything tight lipped. Right? He wants to keep everything close to the vest. So. Uh, I was able to wrestle wrestle away, uh, and I'm going to quote, the offense dominated the day, end quote. Now, the person who gave me that little piece of information, they might be biased, but uh, you, you know, you're going to take what you get at this point, right? So that's what you get from the team scrimmage that they had on Sunday. The offense apparently had the better of the day, which uh, is interesting because the last time we spoke with Lincoln Riley, came after Friday's practice, and he mentioned that uh, at the end of the first week, he thought the defense had the better of the uh, of the two groups after one week. So, who knows? I guess uh, fair and balanced <laughs> is the, uh, the message that you're going to get right now. Defense one day, offense the next. So, again, we'll find out. Um, we'll be back uh, at practice if you're watching this Tuesday morning with your or listening with your first listen, um, I will be out there for USC's practice Tuesday morning. Uh, they're set for 9 a.m. And we'll be able to find out, um, you know, how much of a toll that scrimmage had, mainly from the injury perspective, because what we get to see from the press, who's coming and who's going, uh, to practice, you know, basically who suited up partially or all the way. Um, so we'll know who's practicing and who's kind of taking a little time, spending a little time on Rehab Island. And if if that scrimmage was uh, physical and it did pay the price, so to speak, um, it'll it that's going to be kind of significant because this is the. The, this will be the second week of fall camp, and this is where you really like to, uh, to to get as physical as you can without, you know, obviously, you know, with as minimal amount of injuries as possible. It's football. You're going to get some dings, bumps, and bruises, but you don't want any season-ending type of injuries that you're hearing from around the country. Uh, I know Texas and Notre Dame have both lost uh, some players they were counting on to season-ending injuries. So you you just knock on wood and hope that uh, USC doesn't suffer the same fate during this next week of practices, because uh, starting the following week, classes start and they go into more of a a game week uh, uh, routine where you're you know you're focused on installing your own uh, offense and defense as well as the t- you know the opposition what they're going to be doing. So if the team got you know too banged up through the scrimmage, how will that affect this last week of fall camp? Will Lincoln have to pull back sooner than he wanted to um, as far as the physicality? Uh, as, you know, as I mentioned, um, the team will practice this week. They'll have another practice on Saturday. They'll be off Sunday. And then Monday, they start classes August 22nd. Um, so there you go. Once they start classes, they basically are, they'll start their game route game week routine um and there you go you're, you're into the season now once uh once, once class has started you'll be two weeks away from kickoff um 
practice starts at 9 a.m. on Tuesday. And as you know, I did talk about this at the very top of the show that there's a chance, pardon me, that uh, Lincoln Riley might be adding to the 2023 recruiting class. Alani Noah, interior offensive lineman from Grant High School in Sacramento, uh, is set his uh, his announcement for 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, and uh, you'll be able to watch that uh, live streaming on the internet. I believe on the 20, through 24/7. So if he does join the USC recruiting class, uh, he'll be joining his other large friends. Who are there already there? Micah Banuelos, four-star offensive lineman, as well as um, Amos Talalele, the other interior offensive lineman. So that would be uh, three solid dudes um, adding to uh, to this class, and that, that's a that's an emphasis that you know USC fans will love to hear that offensive line being addressed, and with big, strong guys. Um, and that's not the only bit of you know recruiting information. USC right now feels really solid with uh, Noah making his commitment. I'm recording this Monday night, tomorrow at some point. So um, when, if and when he does make that announcement at 11 and USC's practice is still going on, um, we'll see if there's uh, any type of you know, visceral, visceral reaction from the practice, you know, with a, with a loud reaction, you know, from the team, will Gavin Morris or anybody from USC jump on social media and, and kind of remind the competition who won the uh, Alani Noah sweepstakes? We're looking at you, Oregon. Uh, yeah, so um, just a little, little competitive dig there for the Pac-12 as we know it. As everyone knows, USC will be joining the Big Ten in 2024. So now, you know, according to the On3 network, uh, USC has a, they're ranking right now before Noah joins the class. Um, they have the number 12 nationally ranked class. So we'll see where they jump um, if and when he decides to, uh, to, be, to become a Trojan. That's all six foot four, 320 pounds of Alani Noah. And uh, you can bet that USC thinks he's worth more than the three-star ranking that that the services are giving him. And if you don't believe me and you want to keep betting, head on over to betonline.net uh, because they're your fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your for- favorite sports and events at the number one online uh, source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews, news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online where the game starts all right so the pre the first preseason ap poll was released uh monday morning and usc checked in at number 14 
And I think that's a completely fair um, starting point for this team. You know, considering how they finished last year, four and eight, and it wasn't a pretty four and eight. Um, and then, you know, and you, then you add in, you know, all the offseason coaching changes. Yeah, you brought in a top tier head coach in Lincoln Riley, um, and you did turn over the roster significantly. You mentioned that in the, you know, in the previous segment. Um, giving USC the benefit of the doubt, being the the fourteenth ranked team, you know, to, you know, how do you look at the poll? Is this is USC the number fourteen team? to start the season or are the writers saying USC will be the 14th best team at the end of the season? That's really, you know, the question about how the polls work and how are they perceived? Well, let's think, let, let's come at it from the perspective that USC is the number 14 ranked team to start the season because of their potential, because of Lincoln Riley as their new head coach, because of Caleb Williams as the quarterback, because of Jordan Addison joining the roster at wide receiver, because they have one of the best returning offensive lines in all of college football. Um, you factor all that in and, hey, you know what? Maybe USC is the number four, the 14th best team in the country. You don't like to see these rankings come out this soon. You, you'd prefer to see them come out after maybe the second or third game of the season, but it is what it is. It's, this is, part of the system and it, it gives us something to talk about as well so uh there were two other teams from the uh, conference of champions who joined joined usc in the uh, preseason poll utah uh, was the highest ranked at number seven and oregon pops in at number 11. And so that's it you get three teams from the pac-12 that's it um, so again, it, it's interesting that considering how, you know, the perception of the conference and how down it is, um, to have USC chime in at 14 with Utah and Oregon, seven and 11 respectively. Um, okay. We'll see how long that plays out because the ducks are going to get, in my opinion, destroyed when they play Georgia to open the season and just, you know, look, they've, they've had just as much change with as USC, they, the new coaching staff over there and Dan Lanning as, as young and as energetic as he might be. And people might say he's got a really bright future. He's never been a head coach. This is his first rodeo in charge. So we'll see how he handles uh, taking on, the uh, national champion right out of the chute. Tough going. Uh, Utah, they start their season on the road in Gainesville against an unranked Florida Gator team. You know, uh, you know, is there, what's the perception of Utah going to be if, if they do win? You know, do they get the benefit of beating an SEC team on the road, albeit unranked? Or, you know, if they happen to lose, you know, how far do they fall in the polls? And we know that USC at number 14 opens up against Rice. So, you know, who's going to be 1-0 and who's going to be 0-1 at the end of week one? You know, um, if 
let's assume that Utah wins and to open their season against Florida, and you saw USC does what everyone hopes and anticipates. Um, that sets up a really nice showdown for a couple of six and zero teams in Salt Lake City, come uh, week six or week seven, I guess if they're both six and zero. What will their rankings be based on you know where they're starting and and the schedule and who they're playing? Um, how high can USC get by the time they travel to Salt Lake City? Will there be a, will that be a couple of top five teams? Will ESPN be there for game day? Will Fox be there? Who won't be there? I know I'm going to be there. So, uh, and if you are a fan of USC who wants to travel, I suggest you look into buying your tickets now. Uh, Rice Eccles Stadium isn't the biggest of stadiums. I think they hold what somewhere between 57, 60,000. And that place can be pretty raucous. So, hey, jump on now. Plan your trip. It's never too soon. So, you know, I, I think that number 14 is probably the right spot. And it keeps USC, you know, right in the spotlight. You know, all they have to do is just win. And, you know, they're going to get enough latitude from the media, from the press, even if some of those wins over the first few weeks of the season are, aren't as pretty as they should be. Um, you know, I, USC's opening line against Rice, I think you can check this out over there at betonline.net is minus 35. Then they travel to Stanford. You know, let's say they struggle and win on the road at Stanford and then come home and struggle against a a pretty good Fresno State team. You know, are you going to hold that against Lincoln O'Reilly at USC as long as they're winning? You know, what's the injury factor look like? Those are all the things you got to take into consideration. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, again, we're just we're we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, forecasting things. But again, the first preseason AP poll came out. USC checks in at number fourteen. All right. So, uh, recruiting note: the Trojans could be receiving. Well, USC football isn't the only program that's getting some recruiting information. I've been told that USC is possibly going to be having a commitment soon from a five-star player at a significant um, position of need, point guard. And if you're wondering, USC is it's going to come down between USC and either Cincinnati and Michigan, and the vibe right now is really leaning heavily towards USC. The player in question, five-star point guard, Isaiah Collier. Uh, man, if Andy Enfield can can pull this, huge, huge win. And uh, I know UCLA wants this guy pretty bad as well. So uh, I know if you've been following USC basketball, uh, having a point guard has been a, um, a true point guard has been a, a point of contention. Uh, there's been some talented players who can facil- facilitate and bring the ball up court, but never that true um, point guard mentality guy. I think Isaiah Collier fits that mold perfectly. 
and it would be a huge, huge addition uh, for Andy Enfield and his uh, 2023 class. Also rec recruiting-wise uh, for basketball, uh, there's talk about Bronny James, yes, LeBron's kid, uh, playing for USC for, you know, for at least one season. I'm of the opinion that I think this is just part of the whole marketing campaign. I don't think he'll play college ball. I could be wrong. I think he's going straight to the NBA. Uh, he said, you know, his dad made no, you know, he's meant, he's mentioned it. He wants to play with his kid and LeBron doesn't have that many years left. So, you know, if a team is going to take a chance on bringing LeBron in and paying his salary, you want to get as much productivity out of him as you can. And if all that means is you're going to get to get him and his kid playing, I don't know if an NBA team is, if a championship NBA team is willing to do that. Is LeBron willing to subjugate his game for the betterment of the team? And as far as I'm concerned, um, I could take Bronny James coming to USC or not. That's just my own personal opinion. opinion. Nothing against the young man. Tremendous basketball player. I'm just not a LeBron James fan. So, uh, there you go. We'll see. But again, some recruiting news for USC basketball fans. But there's also uh, the Pac-12 released the uh, their conference schedule. And USC also has their non-conference schedule in place. Let me, we're going to go over that here uh, this in, in this segment as well. So when you look at, uh, you know, the Trojans, they're set to place a potential 16 in their 11-game non-conference schedule. Um, and those six teams actually uh, played in the 2022 NCAA tournament. So that, you know, on the surface, that's like, hey, all right, not bad. But when you look at the schedule, you know, there is a nice mix. But overall, you know, it's, it's kind of soft, in my opinion. And, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, when you consider, you know, that they're, they're only Mobley on the roster this year is Coach Eric. Uh, both Evan and Isaiah are on the Cleveland Cavaliers roster. Um, so while Coach Mobley is a valuable piece to the team's puzzle, uh, Evan and Isaiah will definitely be missed. And this is going to be a different looking team. So I don't mind having uh, this type of um out of conference schedule that's that's that USC is going to play, um, and we'll get we're, we're going to go over that here in, in just a second. But you know, USC is uh, for all those people who think USC is strictly a football school. Keep this in mind: USC they tied their school record for wins last season with a with twenty six wins. They finished 20, 26 and eight overall. Yes, they did check out of the NCAA tournament sooner than they wanted to. Um, but they have 73 total wins during the past three seasons, which means they trail only Kansas and Baylor. Kansas is 83, and Baylor has 81. Among, so those are two NCAA champions. And of the power five teams, USC checks in with the third most wins behind those two. 
it's not bad. So I'm not going to go John Calipari and and tell Lincoln Riley that you know USC is a basketball school now, uh, but USC is dribbling with the big boys when it comes to uh, winning on the court, and that includes supplying players to the NBA draft. You know, where I mentioned the Mobley brothers, and you know, if you want to go back before that, you've got Onyeko Kongwu, first-round draft pick. Um, USC has been doing a really good job. In fact, a much better job than that school across across the city that we call UCLA. And also, since we're you know we're talking about, I mentioned Kentucky, and not wanting to put uh, put Andy Enfield in in a negative light or have Lincoln Riley stick staring daggers at him. Did you know that USC is undefeated against Kentucky in basketball? It's true. Go look it up. True story. So as far as their the Trojans out of conference schedule basketball-wise, um, they're going to open with four games at home, uh, starting with Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast finished their season last year 22-12. and 12. As everyone should know, that's where Indy Enfield got his uh, head coaching career started. And then after that, uh, USC is going to host Alabama State. Um, this is where it gets a little soft. You know, they were 9-21 and 21 last year. That game will take place at Galen Center November 10th. Then USC will host Vermont from the American East Conference. They played in the NCAA tournament as a qualifier, winning uh, winning the conference. They were 28 and six. And then they will close out that four game homestand with Mount St. Mary's. They were 14 and 16 last year. So you can see, um, when you look at the schedules, two winning teams, a couple of losing teams. Then USC is going to travel and play in the battle for Atlantis. Uh, that tournament has BYU. They finished 24 and 11 last year. Then the Trojans are going to face either Tennessee, another 28 and 17, 28 and 17 in 21, 22, the season, or Butler. Um, they finished 14 and 19 last season. That game will take place on Thanksgiving Day or evening, depending on how that how the schedule shakes out. Uh, the Trojans' final game of that holiday tournament will be on the 25th. <clears throat> and they're going to play either defending champion Kansas, who finished 34-6, and Wisconsin, who was also part of the tournament. They were 25-8, and also an NCAA tournament qualifier. Dayton, 24-11. and also an NCAA tournament qualifier and or North Carolina State who finished 11 and 21. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, not bad. Again, that tournament definitely has some tough games. But before then, um, I would say uh, USC is going to have a nice buildup before they get to the Bahamas. Uh, and, and sprinkled in between those out-of-conference games, uh, USC will also be traveling to Berkeley for to play the Bears for their first Pac-12 team conference game. And then they're going to host Oregon State December 4th um, at Game Center. The Beavers against the Beavers. 
USC has three more out of conference games um, before the conference season kicks into full gear. Uh, that will be with Cal State Fullerton. They were 21 and 11 in the NCAA qualifier. Uh, Long Beach State, 20 and 13. And then USC will also take on Auburn and at the Galen Center, mind you, and Colorado State in Phoenix for the Jerry Colangelo Classic. So how far will any infield team finish, be able to go in 2022 and 23? Uh, they're going to be led by Drew Peterson and Boogie Ellis. This is going to be a really young, albeit talented team. You've got two seasoned vets and those guys, and then a bunch of freshmen and sophomores and a couple of juniors. Look, we're going to dive much deeper into the basketball team as we get closer to their season. And I believe they start team practices, I think it was uh, September 26th. So we're going to be back at it with the football team practice tomorrow with another episode. I will have your practice report. Until then, you know what to do. Everyone, fight on. And don't forget to make Locked On USC your first listen. And then when you're done here, head on over to wersc.com. We've got some uh, big VIP recruiting information that I can't talk about. Plus, we've got a we've got a really good Inside the Trojan Huddle podcast that you're going to check out. So head on over, and we'll see you back on Locked On USC tomorrow.